everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. We live in an age of artificial intelligence. And as artificial intelligence changes our way of life, its increasing omnipresence and rapidly expanding potential have spurred the massive automation-driven transformation of the entire human ecosystem. Now, although the artificial intelligence-driven transformation is welcoming overall, its weaponization, inherent bias in algorithms, and more raises complex challenges for law, ethics, corporate and government policy. Moreover, artificial intelligence is incredibly feared by the common man because we are still trying to understand its broader risk and long-term impact. Therefore, it is crucial to understand different countries' strategies and their potential paths to effective artificial intelligence regulation. Now, in this episode of Risk Roundup, we will understand the complex legal and regulatory challenges of artificial intelligence facing India. And our featured guest today is Divya Dvivedi. Divya is the founder of JND Charitable Trust in India. She's also a practicing advocate at the Supreme Court of India. Welcome, Divya. We are so very honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you for the invite. Wonderful, thank you so much. So the increasing role of AI in the Indian economy and society presents both promise and perils. Now it is especially when it brings practical and conceptual challenges for the legal system. So it is important to understand how the world's largest democracy is addressing the rise of artificial intelligence. We look forward to your insights, Divya. The floor is yours. Wow, thank you so much for such an intriguing question. Um, I'll start with the positives because we usually have a tendency of talking about negatives first, but I would prefer positives first. Um, from my point of view, as the Indian society grew and we started to learn more about smartphones, computers, laptops, the, that was the time when we uh, opened up our economy in 1991. So. Indian society got to learn more about outside world through internet, through uh, having to possess those kind of phones where they can actually learn on the way. They did not have to be in front of the books or in the library to learn something. That opened up kind of Pandora's box for them and for the government as well. Keeping that in mind, uh, even government came up with a lot of regulations. I can talk about Information Technology Act, which came in 2000, and it was to address the kind of cyber crimes which we were facing when it was not there, because we were never faced with these kind of crimes which were happening online. So uh, the positive side was people got the knowledge, people got the data, people got to know more about what was going around them. It was easy for them to comprehend to, uh, it, but for them to make them themselves secure in that scenario was not that easy. They were supposed to be aware. They were supposed to be made aware and that's where government came in tried to do it, but then still obviously as hackers are hackers and as the wrongdoers are always there. But for me, the positive side was it reached the women as well. It was not only men, 
but it reached the women. And since I keep on talking about gender equality, I feel it has given wings to women in India, especially after 1991, because they got to decide for themselves as in which field they can go. And they had answers to so many things which earlier they did not had option about. And even parents got to know as in which field will be safer for our daughter. It, it's not like they needed to only go ahead and become teachers. Since I run an NGO and I try to understand exactly what kind of process or awareness topics should be talked about, first thing every parent has concern about is using the mobile phones or using the laptops, using the websites, all these kind of cyber crimes which take place, they scare them. When it scares them, they try and snatch it away. And it is taken as digital right is being taken away or maybe our fundamental right is taken away. But then one has to understand they are also very scared. For me, to make them feel secure, first thing first, I had to tell them, no, it is not making them unsecure if they are educated enough as in how to use the phone. Like if you are taking pictures and you are posting it constantly online, there is a possibility of your account being hacked and those photographs being misused. So that was first thing. Other than that, if you are downloading certain uh, documents which are not to be downloaded by you that can be counted as illegal activity or if you're if someone has hacked your bank account because of your uh, geographical indication or maybe the point where you're sitting you have opened up the location point and they can pinpoint it and they can find so many other options of actually torturing you or harassing you online so to make sure and to make them aware about it was my first target and that's where I started. I started making them aware how to use their phones, how to learn online without being watched, how to use your cameras, how and when to switch on the cameras, how to switch off the cameras. Because see, there is a different world in India. I would be very frank with you. And there is a very different world in other parts of country, the world, which is very advanced. We are not that advanced when it comes to rural India. So we have to tell them from scratch and I have preferred to work with them most of the time. And this was one of the reasons why I did law so that I can help them even more. When I did law, I realized that there is an open world of artificial intelligence. AI was a part of my life because I was an engineer, but I could not talk about it with the kids. They already were a part of AI um, data, how that data was being collected, but they did not know how much data should we share. So the kind of data which was collected and the kind of data which AI was learning from, it already was there. And we do not know any way of retracting that data. Still, we are fighting to do that. We are literally producing so much so that we don't know where the data is going, how that is being taken care of. But Government is right now trying to do that with the data privacy bill. Uh, it talks about how that data has to be processed, who can process it, how much of that process can be used, how much data can be collected. So all these things are, I think they are trying to make us safe and secure and trying to make us aware as well. But then that awareness has reached where we really have no idea right now. But we are trying our level best as much as we can.
No, I, 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 I'm glad that you raised this point. And uh, to summarize it, I think we live in an age where no one can keep us secured. We have to keep ourselves secured. That is the reality because the, the advances that have happened because of the internet and because of all these emerging technologies is that you know, there is democratization of innovation. Now with democratization of innovation, there is also democratization of destruction. So the points that you made that, you know, if we are not aware of, you know, the basic cybersecurity, how the cyber crimes can happen and how we can keep ourselves secure, what to do, what not to do. If that awareness is not there, then, you know, we are putting ourselves and our loved ones' lives at risk because everything is interconnected. And not only that, when now the cyber crimes are happening, because that are integrated with artificial intelligence. So the cyber hacking is becoming very intelligent, very rapid. And for that, we need a very different kind of expertise and skill set for us to be able to protect our computers, our network, not only that, but also our country's you know, uh, systems, all the systems, because if you know AI is uh, integrated with all the cyber crimes and hacking, you know, if the hackers start targeting financial industry to you know healthcare industry to any industry then you know all these industries are highly vulnerable and the data privacy no matter how many laws the countries you know uh, leg uh, legislative branch they come up with it is going to be impossible to protect that i mean as we witness right now in healthcare you know hackers are not even even amid the pandemic hackers are still targeting the hospitals and healthcare industry so it's a very you know uh, very serious situation and there are many, many challenges, but uh, cyberspace and AI and everything is interconnected. Now, AI, artificial intelligence advances have gone so you know, wide and it is not only impacting our personal space or our professional space, but it's impacting the entire human ecosystem all the domains and dimensions. So uh, there are so many things we can talk about, but if we talk about uh, things that can impact Supreme Court and uh, lawyers like you, there are practical challenges about how AI is research and developed. And as we talked, you know, because of the democratization of innovation, everybody is able to now, you know, get into uh, innovating and uh, coming up with new technologies, new, you know, ways of doing things on their own and because they require only a computer laptop and you know basic skills there is no way to know who is developing what and where and that is i think at the root of many of the challenges that are developing so uh, if we talk about uh, that is about the research and development but there are also lack of controls uh, that are not developed yet. For instance, if you talk about autonomous machines, drones, which I believe India is very advanced in that. And, you know, they have developed uh, many, many drones for the national security, understandably. So because this is a new field and because we still don't know where exactly the risk emerge, we don't have effective control mechanisms. So there are no laws yet, you know, in how to protect the general public or you know how to protect the countries or anyone you know because of the action of autonomous machines so there are many conceptual difficulties in assigning uh, moral responsibility ethical responsibility legal responsibility 
for instance if we say harm caused by you know autonomous machines drones now the weapons are also emerging that are you know uh, become going to become autonomous in near future so there is a very complex puzzle that we are dealing with in how to define and what exactly artificial intelligence means because I've, there is also a lot of confusion uh, in every country in exactly what is artificial intelligence you know how broad it is where does it begin and where does it end so there are many challenges so these problems are very unique to artificial intelligence and to manage the rise of ai and ensure that uh, all the affected parties today or in coming tomorrow uh, how to compensate them how to you know protect them when any ai system ca causes harm these are very complex you know scenarios so what are the fear what is the level of fear in india and uh, what is the where there are concerns emerging and what are the uh, different branches of government you know doing about that you know judicial branch legislative branch you know uh, where where is india going with this so uh, for government of india i can't say much i can only talk about the ministries what they are doing uh, but as we know about ai that it is still at artificial narrow intelligence level and we have not uh, yet reached general intelligence but uh, see the way we are moving forward the best way to safeguard everybody plus uh, the national security and everything for me it has always been awareness education make people aware as in what they are getting into like when you were talking about there were so many things going in my mind i will put three four points forward in uh, reply to your thing in supreme court we have started something called uh, AI system for, uh, there is something called Supreme Court AI committee, which is now looking forward to the fact that how much so AI should be used in Supreme Court purposes. Should the court may be made totally autonomous? How does it work? How will it affect the lawyers at large? Because till pandemic hit us, we never had the concept of online courts yet. It only came up after the pandemic was so much so that we had a lockdown. So after that, we actually came back and had our online codes and it is going pretty well right now. And that's what prompted to the idea as in how to move forward because cyber issues or even artificial intelligence being a part of our life, it is there. It is a day to day part of our lives. But then did we actually realize that it was that much part of life? I think that only happened, especially after pandemic, because before all this hit, there were so many instances when I used to talk about cyber insurance and everybody had the thought that if we are not even thinking much about cyber security, why are you talking about cyber insurance? But then that was there, that was a reality. Now everyone is inclined to understand how to safeguard ourselves. So even in Supreme Court, lawyers have become so much aware about what is going on, at least in Supreme Court, I can answer about that senior lawyers, even the ones who are joining immediately, they are also accepting the fact that we need to understand how technology works. Mm what kind of effect technology is going to have on us that brings me to make it make everybody understand about cyber psychology how is that affecting your psychology first you have to understand how human psychology works then only you will understand how that cyber world is affecting your whole psychology 
and this is one of the prime prominent talks which always keeps on going around with my peers that we have to know how this whole tech humanity or human tech how is it going to affect us and even if we know whole soul of the technology still are we going to be able to safeguard ourselves from every point i really cannot comment on it because no idea what what kind of brain ai is going to develop because we believe that it will develop a brain it is already consuming so much knowledge that it may start thinking it may become emotional what will happen then how will we react and codes see codes can come up with solutions with whatever problem are already happening or have happened we cannot assume what is going to happen in future similar as with the government until unless they are faced with some imminent danger they cannot come up with immediately something now since we have been hit with cyber issues with crypto issues with there are so many other blockchain issues so every kind of law will become reality once we face the kind of problems and then we try and find solution it is also presumption that if we are talking about cyber crime laws what all should it cover because when it act came uh, we had no assumption as in what will happen in next 20 years but a lot has happened and now we feel that information technology act is also not sufficient to cover everything so we take support of other laws as well other than this what what always comes to mind is about your own hygiene of understanding technology tech hygiene is very very important it's not like you can have n number of electronic gadgets and you do not know how to use it sure how you should be safe about it say if camera is there you you are supposed to know when and how that camera can be switched on and switched off there are so many times so many instances where an outsider has entered your camera and actually captured pictures from your inside house today only i was reading a book where it was mentioned that even in us the kind of private securities which they have put that is now becoming a kind of headache for everyone because the moment you give access for that to government it becomes kind of that agent which can check on your property any time it will similarly it will happen in india as well that's what i feel it's similar in every place like if i have put in a camera outside my premises and if i give access to anybody not government anybody any private entity they can reach upon me any time and maybe without me knowing without asking for my permission so that's where privacy also gets infringed but for me technology has always have had a lot of positive sides these are the negative ones which we get scared of but we should i feel we should think about positives as well like this positive is that it has made education very 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 cheap and accessible the more it becomes accessible more people will become aware there are so many hackers or so many good samaritan hackers who are posting a lot of videos on youtube as in how they shut down a whole cyber crime 
uh, in environment they they hacked into those system and they shut down the whole operation that is kind of positive thing which happened other than that they are trying to help as many people as possible by calling them letting them being aware that if you get a like recently there was a fraud happening around here was have you got your vaccines done if you have done this number will reach you you just have to give us the pin and that was bank fraud so how do you make so many people it's a huge country we are the second largest in the world in population so how to make sure that it reaches everyone then language is also a barrier because everyone doesn't understand english or hindi or um, marathi or malayali every region has different language so how to make sure it reaches everyone so every government tries to keep their citizens safe that's what i feel but they also have boundaries other than that which you asked about what ministries are doing there are so many ministries which are actively doing awareness camps like ministry of telecommunication in india they are doing a lot of activities where they have started talking about cyber crimes with uh, students in schools with university students uh, there is something called cyber cells in all the states they have their own uh, authority and they are supposed to take care of all the issues related to internet and exclusively those and they are very promptly doing it at least i can uh, claim for uttar pradesh where i belong from there is a person called cyber cop he is named like that only because he has been so diligently talking about it all the time that reach there if you have any problem give us a call we'll try and take care of it it's not like they can return the money to you at least they can find the culprits if not the whole refund can be done but then partially it can help you so i i i believe we are moving in a positive direction but i really don't know how much time will it take but i'm quite positive right now yes no it is very complex because once cyber crime has happened uh, there is very little room of window you know where you need to get all the key data that you need for investigation of any cyber crime and you know by the time anybody comes to realize that there has been a cyber crime uh, and there has been a hack of their computer it's already too late so these are and then jurisdictional challenges and all that you know comes you know whether the uh, criminal was uh, outside you know the country or outside the state you know and then you know what jurisdiction you have whether to go there and you know to be able to access all the data that you need so it's very complex but progress is happening like you said but you uh, made an important point about cyber insurance uh, if you can share with me about the nature of the cyber insurance policies that are available in india or, and what does it cover you know i would love to you know hear that uh about india i had no idea when i used to talk about cyber insurances it was from us and they wanted to enter indian market and wanted to secure the cyber uh, space but uh, after that i uh, i'm sorry i gave up the idea because that time it was not being promoted and somehow i felt like i should stay in my field itself because insurance was not my field though i'm sorry uh, that uh, i won't be able to write no, no, that, that's that's quite a lot i thought that maybe there have been some initiatives uh, to you know uh, protect the common man by offering you know cyber insurance policies but cyber insurance itself is a very complex field because most of the uh, crimes that are happening especially in cyberspace they are interconnected and uh, so far the way we manage risk Uh, we focus on mostly on the individual risk and you know we uh, 
issue policies that protects any individual or corporation. But if there are any interconnectedness and interdependencies of any of the risks that are emerging, there is no uh, instrument right now available to offer those kind of, you know, there's insurance. No community risk. Uh, actually, there's no uh, way of finding a community risk solution. Exactly. We are only exactly. still talking about individual risks. Yes, so that that is the that is the main challenge, and uh, yes, that we you know have the uh, way to protect ourselves if there are some individual you know risk happening to our life, our you know networks. Uh, but the way also we do risk management is that you know most of the people instead of uh, putting together proper framework, uh, they just you know purchase the policies. And don't worry about whether the risks are emerging within their organization or whether, you know, they should, uh, they are accountable for it. So there are many gaps and, you know, imbalances in the entire uh, way we manage our risk. And nobody is uh, at the moment focusing on the interconnected risk. Whereas the, if you look at the overall risk profile, that is the biggest risk facing you know every country every individual every organization so we have a long way to go but talking about uh, the different frameworks judicial framework you know uh, legal framework uh, uh, technology framework you know for cybercrime for ai for uh, any emerging technology blockchains or cryptocurrencies what kind of frameworks exist in india to regulate the emerging technologies overall First, I'll answer about the insurance aspect. Uh, awareness again is missing. So that brings us to the legal framework which you are talking about. We In India, we have Information Technology Act uh, to take care of all the tech-related uh, crimes. It is being backed by IPC, that is Indian Penal Code. If it is not being covered by uh, Information Technology Act, then you can move on to IPC for uh, other uh, crime and other aspects of uh, getting the accused or better way to justice. I would say it is kind of finding digital justice, but it's not that easy because first thing first, you have to complain about it. And people are a little skeptical when it comes to complaining to cops directly or they do not want to move forward and take any headache. So the moment you do the complaint, the, the whole system gets up and starts working, but complaint has to happen. Now with IT Act, the thing is there are so many uh, aspects in place, like we have a whole cell that has been set up to take care of all the kind of technological crimes. Like if you're talking about even artificial intelligence, that is also still under it. In, our, uh, in India, there is something called Niti Aayog. They came up with a whole AI uh, paper where it was explained what is AI, how does AI affect us, what kind of AI projects are we looking forward to. Because in India also we are developing a lot of things which are related to legal AI, which are related to ethical AI, trustworthy AI and other things. Even India AI is a company which is working a lot about it. Now the thing is when we do not have our legislation in place, we have to find ways around the one which we already have, that is Information Technology Act. Now that talks about any kind of the crime where computer is involved or a mobile phone is involved or a smartphone is involved or even there is a data transaction. Since it was unable to cater to the data safety or data privacy, then there was a bill which came, it was data privacy bill. It has recently been tabled in 2021 December. 
So we are expecting it to become a reality soon. And the day it will become a reality, we'll have a clear concept about what is personal or um, non-personal data, how it has to be collected, how it has to be processed, and how it has to be further used. Other thing which you asked about was jurisdiction. Yes, jurisdiction becomes a very big issue if the servers are not in the same country. Say if it is in the same country, it's perfectly fine. You can uh, uh, coordinate with the states and go ahead and take care of it. And they, you can find ways to solve. But if the server is not in the same state or same country, how to do that and what kind of options we have, then comes the international law and picture and what kind of treaties we are with, the where it, the services place, because India also has a lot of treaties with other countries where we find a supportive jurisdiction over there. We do find ways of reaching out the, to the country heads and finding ways to get the solution done. But that is a very long process. Other than that, you have to prove that that particular data or that particular um, crime has happened through that server and at that particular jurisdiction, it has happened. So then issue becomes international and it takes its own due lovely course. But in India still, I won't say like 50% crime is being uh, solved, but then definitely we are reaching at a point where we can comfortably say that we are getting to a place where if a crime is being complained about, you, we, we try and find solutions. See, lawyers, we can go ahead and file complaints. We can help people go ahead and file complaints. I request all my friends, even if, even if your single penny is being lost due to some misdeed of a cyber criminal please let me know even that one rupee makes a lot of difference crime is a crime be it a one rupee or a million rupees doesn't matter but you have to complain about it because if until this cops know they are being informed what will they investigate what how will that investigation happen if they don't know that crime has happened so keeping that in mind somehow there also ai is helping a lot like there are so many apps which are interconnected, which are being made by government to help society, where you can, you just have to go and file an online complaint. We do have an online FIR system now. You can file that complaint over there. You can get solutions from there also. It's, it's not like you always have to go to police station and file a complaint. So I feel that technology definitely is helping there as well, especially artificial intelligence when we are talking about that. Not at that level, probably, but then we are trying to reach. And there are so many good Samaritans who are actually working towards providing these kind of care. Like recently, there is a friend of mine who sent me an app. He has done it through all his uh, savings. He did it for rural India, where he wanted everyone to reach to the best doctors possible. So he has made his service available on his own penny. He has found doctors, he is connecting people, and it is totally an AI-based uh, app, which is helping people. We are also trying to reach out to so many people through that. So I think we are in the right direction. If we actually keep our pace up, uh, we can catch up. So it seems from what you shared, it seems that there is a some sort of fear in the general public for that and that is the reason they are hesitating to uh, reach out to cops or you know start any investigation or you know for, give any information and file complaints so why is there such a uh, you know fee, environment of fear no no 
it's not because of the fear it's because of a lack of awareness they feel that the way the crimes used to be investigated in earlier times when there was no technology involved it used to take a longer period of time but what they do not realize that since technology is involved there is a possibility to pick up the pace and it will be done easily the fear right. is not that fear is of the length of the case how long will it take how many times will i be called to police station that makes them uh, a bit skeptical about filing the complaint itself i won't say fear but then yeah definitely lack of awareness Hesit is always some hesitancy you know for whatever reasons now i hear you on that so uh, as far as the uh, legal you know questions you know if we talk about for any emerging technologies and especially you know from ai perspective how where what kind of you know questions do you see emerging in the coming years especially for india and especially for supreme court uh, sorry what kind of what kind uh, of legal questions do you see okay. the you know ai field or any emerging technologies uh, presenting wow. itself you know for uh, the supreme court in the coming years indian supreme court Oh, and that's it's a, it's a huge list you know um i would say um issues or something but then we are up for a very big fight right now because till now ai was only in contracts mm. and we used it uh we are still using it but we really don't know with will lawyers become redundant i don't think so we humans have a tendency of bouncing back from anything or everything so ai is not going to take over but then only thing which lawyers are fearful of is that they will take our jobs i don't feel that but what supreme court is looking at is the problem with the reach to the people mm. we still are uh, like we the reach is only in the urban areas mostly mm. rural areas are not under that reach like you thought that it was fear maybe in people not to reach to cops but then it is because they they are not aware that these kind of facilities are there so will they reach there or not now all kind of cases do not come up till supreme court because there are something we have three stages of judiciary so some things get over in local courts then it gets over in high court at the last stage when 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 a person has not got their justice they feel they have not got they reach out to supreme court and obviously due to the nature of the cases uh, there is a different strategy with supreme court takes because they know whatever judgment judges are giving at that seat it becomes law of the land so it has to be taken in consideration that you are doing it for everyone it's not only for urban india or rural india imminently mm. uh, right now if we are not getting equipped with the understanding of what kind of technology is going to affect us like is um, uh, cryptocurrency going to affect legal uh, fraternity definitely if we do not know how cryptocurrency is going to um, get introduced in our system till now india has blocked it but then the thing is that the moment crypto crimes become reality they are a reality still but then they are not under the mandate of law um, there will be a lot of issues like it can be used to uh, boost human trafficking it can be used to go ahead and uh, do tradings in narcotics so we have to be well aware of how crypto crimes can happen that will only happen if we keep ourselves abreast with every understanding related to what kind of cryptocurrencies are how crypto crimes can happen around them other than that if there is blockchain lawyers have to know about blockchain 
what is blockchain? How is it going to affect the legal fraternity? There are so many uh, tests and there are so many researches going on on mind control. Like I talk a lot about ethical AI. I talk a lot about psychological aspect of AI, even psychological aspect of cyber crimes. How are they going to affect us? Because these all are going to become next cases for lawyers as well. So are we equipped? Supreme Court does take care of that with some of the courses and things which they keep on doing. But then since we are not physically meeting right now, it has become a little bit of a tricky task for everyone uh, that they have to go ahead and do the cases and learn as well. And lawyers have always been known to be learning all throughout their lives till, till they want to practice or till they die. So that's something which is there. And my best um, understanding is if you, if you understand the technology, and if you understand law, you will find the integration of that particular aspect where that is going to affect your legal practice. Sure, sure. No, I hear you on that. So, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I, I hear you on that. So uh, the last question, do you, when when do you see, if you do lot, talk about the timeline, that AI taking over the work of the lawyers and Supreme Court justices in the coming years? No, no, not not anytime soon. And please not don't any. put me in such a uh, risky situation. Everyone will be uh, one will be after me. But uh, no one is taking judges' uh, seat, and no robot judges are going to be there anytime sooner, as far as I can see. Even lawyers, their jobs are not going to go to robots. But then the thing is, are we implementing AI in such a format that it is helping humans not taking work from humans so we have to be diligent we have to be very fundamentally correct about what kind of ai are we implementing and how are what kind of like you were talking about biases yeah definitely it is bringing a lot of biases we had gender biases we had so many other kind of biases which are already a reality in ai and we are facing it everyone is talking about algorithmic and coded bias uh, that is happening that has become reality because uh, we have fed them with the same data which the kind of mindset we had the kind of writings we made we have fed them with the same thing and we have made the algorithms in such a way as we used to think so somehow they have become biased against us as well yes now i hear you on that so thank you so much divya for participating in this roundup today we appreciate your thoughtful insight on uh, not only the legal aspect of artificial intelligence, but overall broadly about cyberspace, cybercrime, and all the emerging technologies and the complex challenges the uh, judicial, legal, you know, and regulatory uh, fraternity would face in the coming years. Our global viewers and listeners would de definitely benefit tremendously from the information you shared today. And as a result, this risk round of dialogue has been of service, and we thank you for that. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. So Risk Group is a strategic security risk research platform and community. And through the Risk Roundup initiative, Risk Group and I are on a mission to talk with the billion brilliant minds. The reason behind this effort is to research, review, rate, and report strategic security risk facing humanity. Thank you for being part of the conversation. Until next time, I'm Jayshree, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.